for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast where 40 years of playing PlayStation and six plus years in the games meeting. But I'd like to thank you for joining us in this position conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8am on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify and 9am on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, please check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter. All of our links can be found in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live. You can get in the chat and you can have a good time. You know, it's good. It's a, it's a good fun on the on the Twitch. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation Pod. If you are on the podcast services, be sure to give us a uh, five star rating and a written review. Or if you are on the YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and uh, leave a comment below. I endeavour to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopculturist, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. All right, for those that are watching the video, <clears throat> we're back in our little squares. It's lockdown three with a vengeance here in Victoria, Australia. We are stuck in our houses for the next five fucking days. And, uh, we are heavily inconvenienced. We have to record a podcast separately. What is this? Well, I've gone from being an essential worker in wave two to a non-essential worker in wave three. So I've got some days off. So I'm pretty stoked. I got <laughs> nothing. I, so I, I, so I spoke to my, my, my senior management and they're like, oh, no, we're still coming in. I'm like, yeah, that's fair, I guess. And working in disability services, it's like, yeah, um, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is interesting though. So they, all our clients can still come on site. Yeah, so it turns out I don't need to disinfect an office that no one's working in. That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, so that, like that's what we're looking for this week. So you know, you know, let's return to some old school lockdowny things. Or I had a Discord viewing party of SmackDown this morning with Craig. I got a little random backroom drunk again last night. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's a lockdown. Let's do what I did last lockdown and drink him in the back room. And that was fun. But how, how have you been, Max? <clears throat> yeah, not too bad. It's been hasn't been too bad. No, I didn't think anything was going to change too much for me. I'm fairly indoorsy anyway. The only bummer is going to be <clears throat> during the days I look after I look I look after my daughter while my my wife works from home. So being confined to a house with a small child does kind of suck. It's nice to be able to get out and you know get some fresh air as opposed to essentially being in the fart box. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, the thing that really that bummed me out the most is the gums. I was in the mo. I've, uh, this week I have been like, because it's like week two of going for me. I'm feeling motivated. I was feeling fucking red hot, ready to go. Because I learned this week, Max, that I can fucking run. I didn't know. Well, I, you, I want to point out, you can still run. You just have to run outside. Yeah, I'm so now I know. Now I know you have aversions about running outside because you know you've you've wild, lost a few fights life. with wildlife. Yeah. And, but now that you can run, maybe you can outrun the winged creature. <laughs> <laughs> that's true at least like or i could or i can run at it head on and i can just like uh you know assert my dominance against the bird that attacked me that one time well see at least at least when you get injured it's because something attacked you i injured myself on friday 
purely because I'm a moron. Uh, so I ba- I basically stepped off a curb. My thong rolled up underneath my foot. I rolled my ankle and it just fell straight into the middle of the road. <laughs> my wife is just like, where's Max gone? <laughs> and I'm just like lying on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Good times. <laughs> I still I still have a really, really sore ankle and my left knee's like cooked. Nice. Because I just went down like a sack of shit. It was horrible. I'm just like lying there going, I'm just, I, this is my life now. One of the things I hate <laughs> the most is falling. And I did exactly that. Like, because it's very similar. Like next thing I was, first thing I was up and then I was down. And that was like, actually, I, know, like, I just explained how falling works. Um, you know, like when, when I got uh, mangled by that plover, yeah. I was up and I was down. And it's the worst feeling. Yeah. Absolute worst feeling in the world. But yeah, so it turns out I could run now. I was at, I was at the Gaim on Monday and I was like, I'm on the treadmill getting doing some warm up before I do my, do my weights. I was like, let's see if I can just fucking try it. Why not? Let's go five minutes. And then five became 10, 10 became 15, 15 until about 30 minutes. And I was able to run for 30 minutes at about at around seven and a half Ks, which I don't know if that's good or not, but for me, that's pretty fucking fantastic. And then I'm like, did I fluke this? So I did it Tuesday, which was awesome. And then I did it Wednesday, which was awesome. <clears throat> didn't do it Thursday. Didn't want to like die. And then it's like lockdown, motherfucker. You can't well, do it's, it again. It's, it's funny that you <clears throat> mentioned dying because both times you sent me pictures, you had zero heart rate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't touching the handle that gives me the heart rating monitor. Oh, you, know? Yeah. you know, that's yeah. uh, not not for me. But yeah, other you're, than that, you're I'm running like, hands free. Yeah, it? yeah, hands free. I don't want to. I'm trying to touch the minimalist <laughs> amount of things. Uh, but other than that, how have you been, brother? Yeah, it's been an all right week. It's yeah. Been all right week. <clears throat> how do yeah. you plan to spend your next couple of days? Obviously, it's hanging out with the kid primarily. Yeah, so primarily it'll be nothing changes. I will just get more sleep in the morning. Nice. Instead of getting home at 7 o'clock and sleeping till 12, I can just sleep. I'll also be able to play more video games because I won't have to go to work at 11 o'clock at night. Nice. It would take a big I'll be, able to st- I'll be able to stay up a little bit longer, play a little bit more games, get to sleep in still in the morning. It'll be nice. Very nice. Well, for those that don't know, at the start of the show, you would have heard uh, a little promo of The Man Shake. So, Max and I are currently <clears throat> on weight loss journeys. I started mine last year in 2020, or I lost 30 kilos using the Man Shake, which is a meal replacement shake. Uh, as I said, Max kicking it off this year. Uh, Max, where are you at? This is what, week four or five? Week week five. So week, week, five? F- week four, I plateaued and stayed, stayed the same. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a bummer. However, this week I've lost 3.3 kilos. Oh, so, like, shit. You know, I, I stepped it up a notch after after not losing anything last week. I was like, you know, did a little bit of, I did a bit more walking, did a little bit more exercise, you know, made sure I was eating a lot better than what I was that, that last week. So yeah. So, so I'm just shy of ten kilos in the five weeks. Holy crap. Well done, bro. That is absolutely yeah. insane. So it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, so I like uh, holy shit. Um, yeah, so myself though, because of the the shift in my in my fitness routine with a bit more weightlifting, my thing has drastically slowed. Like I did get that nice pickup when I started <clears> doing <throat> it again, mm. and I'm still got I'm still decreasing, but it is much much slower now. I've already noticed in this last week, just on a day to day basis. 
um, which is yeah. to be expected. Plus, I also had a massive pizza feast last weekend, which really fucked up my week. But other than that, it was pretty pretty good. <laughs> Uh, but if you want to support us on our weight loss journey or maybe even start your own, there is a link in the description below. It is, you know, I'll read it for those that are listening. It is bit.ly, you know, bit.ly slash FTP man shake. Go over there, check out what's on offer there. What's on offer there. Give it a go. So I lost 30 kilos. Max has lost 10. It, it can only be good news if you give it a bell. Anyway, that's not about that. Max, what have we been playing this week? What's what's uh, what's been in your PlayStation? What has been in my play? Okay, so I played like thirty minutes of the Division Two after stating last week that we were both going to download it and play it together. Yeah. Neither of us have actually done that. Uh, well, we're in lockdown, so it's my fuck one. Um, I I booted it up. It turns out I haven't logged in in about six hundred and forty something days. <laughs> So I don't even know if I've finished the game or not. There's mm-hmm. like missions everywhere on my map. Yeah. I logged in. They're like, here, have a bunch of free stuff. I'm like, cool. I don't know what any of this means. You're just showing me numbers and colors. Like, I don't understand, but cool, I guess. Thank well, you. I, well, I'm, a, I'm in a similar <laughs> bracket. So I did the same thing. I installed it. I booted the game up. I jumped in. I got my, uh, you know, my, RP, uh, my uh, uh, RPD outfits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I attached and was like, yeah. And then I jumped into the game and I myself had finished it. So I'd finished the main campaign and I had done upwards of, uh, so up to T World 5. So I had done quite an extensive uh, mm-hmm. post uh, what's it called? Post uh, end game, uh, end, end game, end game content. content. I think of the word there. Um, yeah, so an end game content. So I've seen a big part of it. But even when I booted it up, it was like here's this, and my map suddenly just filled out completely. And I'm like, this is insane. Like mm. how much? Because like what I, I was up to a point where I was just going back to old missions and doing them on hard. Yeah, you know that's sort of because everything had kind of been done at that point. Now, granted, it's been like a year and a half since I've been on at least maybe probably close to two. Uh, so I imagine there's been stacks of DLC. Of course, there's the whole like gangs in New York, whatever the hell it was called. Um, you know, so it's just uh, the Lord of the Lords of New York, or I think it was, but yeah, I, there's so much and I it instantly became overwhelming and very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it'd, be, it'd be still be cool because I'd certainly like to come in and, and help you out. So do you have a gear score? Is that is that the pro- are you leveled or are you gear score? Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I'm I think I'm at the max level thirty or whatever it is. In like, that case, you haven't finished it. Once you finish the campaign, that's when you start getting gear score rather than levels. I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'd have to boot it up and have a look. Yeah. I think I was close to finishing it because all the all the people that I was playing with had finished it and they were kind of just we were kind of just speed running through the through the mish. The missions. Uh, so Puck in the chat, <clears throat> our forever fact checker, he says max level is 30 for the DC missions and then 40 for New York. So I haven't gone to New York, New York yet, okay. so I would have maxed out. So if you're sitting at 30, you're probably so close to finishing, mm. like ridiculously close. Uh, I also dove back into Destiny 2 with the, uh, the start of the new season, the season of The Chosen. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Uh, that's been fun. So this is now uh, based around the Cabal. Uh, the the new leader, the new their new war leader is a is a woman now. She's come in. She's kicking ass. She's taking names. She's like you. You and I are going to team up, and we're gonna we're gonna wreck everyone's shop. And we were like, Nah, man, we're good. She's like, All right, well, I'm going to come in and wreck your shop. And <laughs> so far, she has. <laughs> is it is it sort of what you're expecting or what you were wanting? Uh, so they've made a few sandbox changes, which have been great. Uh, they've 
a couple of seasons ago, they kind of nerfed a lot of the weapons basically into the ground so they weren't used at all. And now they've rearranged all their numbers and they're worthwhile having now. So it's been good. It's been nice to pick up old stuff that I actually like using that are now valid for the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've brought back two strikes from Destiny 1. Uh, currently, they're they're unplayable in the normal format. Uh, they only exist as the weekly Nightfall strike. You can't just go to the director and just launch them normally okay so i wonder if that's i wonder if they're waiting until they they each have their special week of being the nightfall and then and then you'll be able to jump back into them uh on the regular because they're not in any of the on the they're not in the strike playlist they're only launchable but uh through the weekly nightfall strike list Mm -hmm. which is fine um i'm not high enough level yet because i did not finish the last season i wasn't really feeling it. it 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 the story content for the last season was good, but after after finishing the story content, the the seasonal content of the daily grind just didn't capture me. This one, the new event that they've put in, is kind of like a wave shooter with a big boss. That's been a li- little bit more fun than the hunts that they did last season. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying it a lot more than what I did last nice. season. So I've been playing it a fair bit. Good. And then lastly... Uh, been playing Little Nightmares 2. Yeah, so big thank you to the team over at Bandai Nemco Australia. Both Max and I have been able to spend uh, time with uh, Little Nightmares 2. So we got it probably, I don't know, mid last week, mm. I think. So uh, I start, like, I don't know why I started playing it. And then I was like, I, like, this is a sequel. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't remember what happened in the first one. So I went back. And played the first one again. It was like five hours long. So it was real easy to sort of tear through. But I've come to learn because of the uh, vague-ish nature of Little Nightmares in general, it didn't actually tell me anything heading into two. Okay. So I, I started playing this yesterday and I played for about six straight hours. I just couldn't put it down. Mm. I was really enjoying it. I haven't played the first one, but I definitely think I will go back and play it. This, If it's any if it's anything like what Little Nightmares 2 is, um, I think it'll be phenomenal yes. to go back to. It is, so it, at its core, it is the same sort of idea, right? It's a lot of spooky scenarios and you as a character platform through them yeah uh, now there is there is there isn't really a narrative per se mm. like there's a very f- sort of sprinkled storyline where you kind of want you to interpret it how you think you should that is a bit of a downfall for me personally because I, I would like i would like some not explanation around why everything's so weird and creepy but just some slight story would be nice like there is a lot of visual storytelling in this game, which is which is yeah. fantastic, but it's just not quite enough to really get that point across. So, as I said, in the same way, it is that's a very spooky aesthetic. Uh, you know, sort of three, uh, well, two point five, well, two point five three D <laughs> sides platformy thing, which is cool. Uh, it is visually improved compared to the one. It it is running. It looks to be running at a higher resolution and a higher frame rate. Uh, it is much smoother gaming ex- gameplay experience which is mint uh previously where the first game was set on a boat uh you're so you're in the, the bowels of a boat and a bunch of weird things sort of happen uh here you are in a city 
Uh, now, personally, in the same reason that I didn't find Man of Medan scary, but I found Little Hope scary, was that I don't give a shit about boats. Boats aren't scary. The world, the world is scary. So sh- shifting it from a boat to a town or a desolate town, a quiet, rickety grove, you know, and then you're going to like a mm. school and an apartment building and, and out in the forest. And it's a lot of cool, horrifying environments. What did you think of the, the, the setting? Yeah, like you like you brought up, aesthetically it really sets the tone of the game that you're playing. Like at this you start off in, in, in a forest and it's it you know, it's dark, the music kinda immerses you in the atmosphere that they're trying to create for this game. Because it the the game kind of lives and dies by its aesthetic, I think. Yeah, it it, it is an indistinguishable <laughs> really, part of what it is. And they really do set the mood really well across all their locations. So I haven't finished the game yet. I I believe I'm probably about sixty, maybe seventy percent of the way through. So I've I've done the forest, and then you travel into the city, and then you you go through the city. There's some schools. There's a uh, like a doctor's like a hospital, ward. yeah, like a hospital ward, yeah. And now I'm in essentially high-rise apartment buildings, mm. and just the just the difference between you know going from inside where it's dark and uh, everything's rattling like the doors, the lockers, everything like that, and then you step outside and then you just hear this rain and you can just feel it because the um, although it is a PS4 title, um, they do still use the rumble of the controller fairly well. Uh, yeah, and it, the it, fact that you can it's certainly not uh, like the 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 Haptics, yeah, it's, not, it's just standard yeah. rumble, but it is an effective use of the rumble. And like, you know, you see, because it's such a, essentially a dark, depressing world that you're playing in, there's like marionette dolls falling out of buildings in the background. And it's very, it's very tonally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's kind of um, confronting in a way, because they, they use a lot of shock and there's a lot of jump scares and and it fits it fits it very well and i think it it really lends itself to to how it's trying to um uh, what's the word i'm looking for that um it it plays itself in the way they're trying to put forward this game and and tell their story so to speak yeah because they are going for this sort of like kind of tim burton-esque macabre sort of vibe you know where the yeah there's there's like marionettes and you know you see people like unlike in the first game where like one of the i did kind of like a little bit of throwbacks one of the first things you see once you hit the main city in the second one uh i believe it's like the end of the first mission or the start Mm. of the second uh you wander in you walk through a building and then there is like what is looks like a hanging body but it's actually just a suit yeah yeah where in the first game it's just straight up a body and you need to literally push the 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 stool out from under its feet to climb out of that room so it's like it really kicks straight off in sort of that uncomfortable idea um because there is a lot of sort of body-esque horror in this as well in the Mm -hmm. way that there's a a character with with an extended long neck and and you've got like in the first one there was a lot of like real weird fat looking dudes people that like just weird there's a guy with like no legs but long creepily arms and big head and it is that it is going on that sort of like your body horror style which is cool so i myself have not really got scared from this game at all like, I've been I, uncomfortable. I, I've been uncomfortable, <laughs> but I've I've not been like jump scared or horrified. Yeah. The only, like the only thing that there's a couple of traps in particular levels that like catch me and I go ah oh, fuck, but I don't. It's not like a fear 
I certainly don't think it's like a scary thing. Like, so I've been playing with headphones on because <clears throat> the review yeah, guys, the review guy we were given. Dark with, with oh, okay, so the review guy, the review guy that we were given was like play in the dark, play with headphones on. Is you want to have a blast? I'm like, all right, sure, why not? And yeah, I guess that stuff isn't the horror for me. Like, what I, what what horror content, or horror movies that get me is supernatural horror. Hmm. You know, where if if it was all like ghosts and demons and shit, then I'd probably be scared. I don't know. I was super uncomfortable playing red light, green light with the marionette dolls that were chasing me through the dark horror. Yeah, that was pre- see, yeah, yeah. See that <laughs> that was pretty gnarly. But it's not like I, I was certainly like, come on, get through, get through, get through. But I wasn't like I, scared. I, there was, an I was adre- like, there was, I was adrenaline, like, but it wasn't fear. Yeah, I was like walking with my back up against the wall, just like flicking the flashlight left around, but like, yeah, I'm onto you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like everything was like. But yeah, um, hey, look, it's a, it, it, for that reason, it's pretty good. So as I, so with this one, there is a completely different uh, mechanic here, and that is that you are contro- you are uh, you have a companion. So in the first mm. game, you play a little, little character by the name of Six. Uh, here, you play a character of Mono, I believe, Mono. Uh, so early on in the game, you're, you're playing as Mono, and you bump into Six, and then you bring Six along with you for the journey. So there's this great, cool little sort of shared experiences, you know, when you have to grab Six's hand and fucking leg it and stuff like that, it kind of adds an extra layer to it when you can't just think about how you're surviving. You have to think about how Six is going to survive as well. Not saying that Six is a, is a hindrance or a disadvantage, which doesn't slow you down or they don't uh, prevent you, but like the AI of it's pretty good to help you with puzzles. Yeah, and I was going to say, it, Six it, is almost like a hint system. Like there's been a few times where... I've gone, oh, I think I should go this way. And Six is like, nah, dude, you're going the wrong way and just ducks underneath this table. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, yep, yeah, I'm with yeah. you now. So the AI is pretty great. So, you know, if you go somewhere and there's a ledge and you need to jump the ledge and you will tell, you know, Six will find a way to get around and then you, you see her and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then you jump and you grab hands and you move across. Mm. Like it's relatively, it's, it's relatively intuitive. If anything, this makes me excited to whatever, if they make a third it's- one and we're going to get co-op. It's not like it's one of those uh, horrendous escort missions that, you know, you're, you're you're taking someone along who's just completely and utterly useless that constantly gets you killed. Exactly. Like I, I'm I'm not getting that vibe from from Little Nightmares too. Like, I mean, yes, technically you're escorting the character, but not in that same way. And Six is also way more competent in combat than you are. Yeah, and that's something that's different alone. There is combat in this game. Previously, yeah, in the first one, f- there wasn't. So, not like, it's not heavy. Combat. It's not heavy combat. You're not like fucking shooting guns or anything. But you can. There are certain times where you can pick up weapons. I think the, the, the easiest example is like a hammer. And as generally all ca- pipes or bats. Yeah. yeah, pipes, bats, some sort of melee implement. And as they mm. as these enemies come running at you, you have to time it to smack them with that implement. Cool. The timing's a bit fucked. I found. <laughs> Oh, the timing's horrendous sometimes. Yeah. Because the way it works is these these little children marionette dolls will stop just outside your swing range and lunge at you. Yeah, but that now but there's that that hesitation is your timing indicator. Yeah. The issue is there's times where if you swing too late, they'll get you because it uses the hitbox of whatever the head of the object is. So it'll be the hammer on the on the sledgehammer or the the, the bend in the pipe. But there's sometimes when if it'll uh, if you hit them with the 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 handle they'll still die, but sometimes they won't, mm. and it's very inconsistent on on doing that. Um, even some of the especially can you, the, can you the just pull back from the mic a little bit. You're starting to like sorry. muffle up a bit. It's all good. Even those little um, 
there's a there's a section where you there's uh basically uh, disembodied hands that run around. Yes, gotta, oh my fuck gotta, them. You got to stomp them out and they're like the king of dukes. They just constantly dodge you. Mm. And you and you've got to, you know, in typical boss fashion, you got to hit them three times before they And yeah. then you see you see six in combat and she just runs up, grabs them and just breaks the neck. I'm like, okay, why but, can't I do that? But that kind of goes into I, the events you saw in 1, you know, where yeah. 6 is like pretty powerful by the end I'm like of the how game. do I when do I get to do that <laughs> I'm sick of trying to like time the hammer swings yeah so like that like yeah that idea so, as I said like that if that leads to a potential uh expansion or a third yeah. title with co-op mint because that that's fantastic like, this, in, or, in order to add co-op awesome they're co-op. gonna have to make it seem spookier and a bit more fucked up because when you're with someone it's less spooky yeah true and that has me excited because I'm like, well, where do they go? Because I would also like that sort of that sort of through narrative, right? So as I said, like because it is a series of levels, and each level has their particular kind of creepy, hmm. you know, like it's you know dysmorphic horror, like the like this kind of uneasiness. But there are times where you just go and you transition, you're into the next area. Yeah, like this one, the second one's a bit better than the first, as in like you literally leave an area to go into another area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the first, it was just like you go through a door, loading screen, and you're in a different part of the boat. Um, so I like that a little bit here. But uh, yeah, there's like I don't know it's it's a situation of just like I, I I do like being having to guess what the narrative of something is. However, here it's a little too vague, and it's the same reason that I was talking about the first one last week. I f- I felt that the Little Nightmares one was more more style than substance Mm -hmm. and i'm feeling that a little bit here too although it is certainly better than the first by in in, from sort of any measurable circumstance like gameplay is better it's visually better sound design is better everything about it is better and the the, the new mechanics they've implemented are great and they make the game even better again it's just that yeah without that clear narrative but that could just be me because I don't, you know, platformers don't always have that level of narrative either. So that could be me going, going, why doesn't this genre have this? Like this genre doesn't normally have this, bro. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. That I think that's a bit of a harsh, oh, not harsh, but I mean, a lot of platformers do have. Oh, I was uh, making stories. assumptions. Like you, you know. Yeah, like you know, take Crash for instance. Crash has a story. Maybe yeah, the greatest story. But, but even like, still if you, a, you think like Mario, Mario's just get to the castle. Maybe in the earlier ones, but in the later ones, there is a story. Yeah, to, to I this, mean, the, the story, the story is always the same. It's you know, so someone's been kidnapped. Go go on an epic quest to rescue said kidnapped person. Mm. But yeah, but saying that though, all these criticisms, they're like they're not major criticisms. The game is great. Oh, no, the game is fantastic, and it's forty bucks. It's either 30 or 40 bucks. It is not a whole lot of money. So it, it is a good uh, sort of, you know, six-ish hours if you can do it and not get stuck at a section like I have or you have. Uh, you can get it done in a reasonable time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, well, cer- what, it's certainly a good pickup. What, what frustrates it. me the most is when you nail a section on the first go- on your first go, the first time you see it, and then you die at the end and it checkpoints you back to the beginning of the section. And then for some reason, you just can't do it. Yep. 
Like there was a section where I had to basically climb up some obstacles, knock a jar off a ledge, and then use a hook to jump down. I could not for the life of me grab that hook at the end. Yeah. I just could not do it. So I kept falling to my death and having to climb back up. Well, I, I kept having problems with the with the the the, the mannequins, right? With the torch. Mm. I'd get through, I'd get right to the end, and then as I turned to jump, I would the the the, the grab I wasn't lined up exactly where the game wanted me to be and yeah. it wouldn't, it, it was like, you're not jumping at the ledge. I'm like, I'm jumping at the fucking ledge. Mannequin grabs me, right? And then I would keep getting stuck in between that process because I'm, I'm, I think it was a lot of it was frustration. I'm just trying to get through it, right? Yeah. And I think with that came me being, uh, lazy is not the right word, but not being focused on what I'm wanting to get from there to there. Therefore, I'm cutting corners and th- those cutting yeah. corners were causing me to be shitty at platforming. And the other the other part that I got really stuck on was there's a there's a uh, a set piece where you have to escape from a classroom mm. uh, while they, while there's students and a teacher in the room and you kind of just got to sneak around everyone, but there's balls of paper everywhere on the ground and you can pick up and throw objects in this game. So I figured I'm like oh, I've got to you know I'm gonna have to pick up the paper and throw them as a distraction. No, it just turns out you kind of just you just sneak. Yeah. Well, they're not watching. You just go, and I was wasting all this time trying to like throw paper to distract them and. It just was not working. Yeah, it's all right. Other than that, but that, though, but that was on me. Like that's not that was. Well, I, I, I see. I would disagree with that, but that could be the game intentionally trying to circumvent what you think. It's like mm. you, you know, it's that learning experience of, of a small puzzle, yeah. right? Is because I would. I think I made the same call, and I was like, I threw it, and, I, and like I just got caught, so I had to go slow and just sneak my way through. But mm. if the, if those are there. Therefore, you read that as the world telling you that that's what you need to do. And then it goes, oh, no, you don't have to do that. But I mean, in saying that, there's also objects that you can pick up and throw in a lot of the locations that are just there because they're there and they don't serve any real purpose. Yeah. So it's not like the game is training us to be like, when there's a throwable object, you kind of need it to get done what you need to do. That's very true. Very, very true. So. Yeah. Anyway, we, we both recommend the game quite highly. Oh, yeah. I think it's a yeah it's a it's probably, it's, I wouldn't say it's a must play but I think you should if you if you have the dollar dues and you got a couple of hours you want to play something a little bit spooks give it a go you will thoroughly enjoy yourself uh, and of course uh, as we said big thank you to the team over at Bandai Nemco Australia for providing us the review code for Little Nightmares Two. Uh, additionally to that Max I did jump back into uh, Neo Two Remastered. Uh, oh, how is that? I've is, heard that it's it feels rough. the same, huh? <laughs> I heard that it's rough. In what way? Uh, I I think it's just a PC version, but okay. I, apparently there's lots of issues with it. <laughs> so I'm still garbage at the game, which we all would have known. Uh, so I'm still in the first ish area, and it looks better. It runs yeah. smooth as shit, like I, in terms of the of a frame Cause experience. Because they because they, they up came, up. Upped it to 4K 120, yeah? Yeah, obviously I can't get 120 through my TV. My TV doesn't support yep. that. So I'm getting at 60, I believe, which mm-hmm. which I can tell the difference. But I also don't remember, I, from, from recollection, it was 60 on PS4 Pro. Or I played on performance mode that got me 60. Either way, it looks great. It looks fantastic. And it plays like the Neo 2 that I remember. And that part is really, really fun. Uh, I am... <laughs> I, the thing that I still haven't nailed, and I think I may have nailed it when I last played it, was the key blasts. Mm. And that throws me every time, because I just, it's too, it's, it's like patent rubbing tummy stuff that I just can't do. Getting mushed by that, that Anubis looking motherfucker at the side area, though. Screw him. Screw him hard. 
Uh, I did jump into Control as well uh, to, have yep. a, to have a check. I didn't get too far in. I just wanted to have a look at it. Certainly looking fantastic. I did how good, steal- is, how good is it being able to open and close the map within like a second without it dying? I still had a small hitch. Oh, really? No, not like, no, no way near as bad as the hitch on the PS4, but there was clearly a, a minor frame stutter afterwards. Really? I yeah. didn't notice that. So yeah, it, it, it's like, it's like, it's not like the, the, lo- the lurch that it had on the PS4, yeah, yeah. but it kind of goes, oh, it's, it's not even that, even that was too long. So you press the button and it goes, it's like the smallest, smallest of things, probably like half a second, but it's a, I noticed that little, oh. And then it goes from there. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's cool. I'm very keen to play it. I'm just gonna find the time now. You mm. know, thankfully not a whole lot's coming out because anything that we really want to talk about is either coming later in the year or it's sort of just been recently delayed. We've got some free time. We might as well. Yeah, run through it again. I think maybe maybe I'll get an even deeper understanding of the story for the sec with with on a second time through with your with your second platinum. Yeah. I think I can play it again. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I believe that was all that I played. Uh, I think I did some more Resident Evil as well. I don't know. It's, it's not been a very big gamey week this week. Yeah. Um, just that's what it is. But anyway, that's enough about that. Let's get to the section called Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Well, let's kick some stuff off with some Sony news. And it turns out, Ryan, that scalpers are not enjoying the bad press that they're getting. Well, I'm not so enjoying according- <laughs> the press the scalpers are getting. So according to a report by Forbes, some of these individuals feel that their actions are being unfairly judged. Jordan is a co-founder of The Lab, a, quote, cook group that, adv- that advises paying customers on how to scalp products. Here's what he has to say about the public perception of scalping. Quote, there seems to be a lot of bad press on this incredibly valuable industry, and I do not feel that it is justified. All we are acting as is a middleman for a limited quantity items, end quote. He compares scalping to how retailers operate. Quote, Tesco, for example, buys milk from farmers for 26 cents per liter and then resells it for 70 cents per liter. No one seems to complain about that. That's wrong. Like that's fuck no, that's that's the that's the chain. If I I can't go to the de- to the farmer and buy milk for 26p. I can't do it. Because that's not how the chain of production works. You know what I mean? Like the difference between me going to a shop if like buying the milk there or buying the milk over there for more because because they are intentionally restricting the market. It it is it is not as Dash says in the chat, it is not an industry. It is not like this is this, this, for, this guy. Obviously, his entire business model, and what presuming his income is, is based on him being shitty to people. Like, yeah, he's true capitalism. Well done to him. But what an absolute fucking moron! Get a real job, you piece of shit. Like, no, scalping is fucked. You're an idiot. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, moving on to some uh, sales numbers. According to data analysis from uh, the firm Ampere, as per Games Industry, the total PlayStation 5 sales could almost double by the end of March 2021. 
Right now, the current gen console is sitting at around the 4 million mark. That's sold through to consumers, not to retailers. But thanks to supply shortages and the various knock-on effects of the coronavirus pandemic, the PS5 has been um, unable to surpass the records set by its predecessor. However, Sony's system is still outperforming the Xbox Series X and Series S, which are reportedly lagging behind in numbers posted by Xbox 2.9 million within the same launch period. So go Sony. Killing it. Yeah, well, it, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not re- willing to be like, yeah, that's a win because the install base of the PS4 is is higher. Yeah. Therefore, a lot of people will be wanting to transition to PS5, and this is and like the i the the entire idea around the of Microsoft, their entire business model right now is you don't have to buy this. Yeah. So everyone goes, okay. And they're, and they're, they're surprised that no one's buying it. Like, this is the hurdle that you have when you change your when you change that model to everything on everything, right? It's cool and is 100% beautifully customer-facing. It's mad. However, it's going to be a rough one. And even then, like, I'm hearing, once again, this, this could be a complete... Uh, uh, echo chamber scenario, but I'm hearing more about PlayStation's coming back in stock than I'm hearing about Xboxes. Is that because you're not looking for Xboxes? That's what I'm saying. Because like, like, like I know, I know social, a lot of the my social yeah, circle is probably very because a lot of focused. the a lot of the news that I get is PlayStation's will be back in stock on this date at here, and I hear nothing about Xbox. But I never go out looking for. That's that my anyway. point. I said I think it's my echo chamber because I hang around mm. with people that like PlayStation. I only really pay attention to PlayStation news. It's very likely that if that if those articles were to appear, even on say Press Start, because Press Start have been fantastic at providing that information, right? Um, I probably completely ignored them. Uh, yeah, Dash and yeah. Tap, Press Start have been pumping Xbox restocking. Yeah, so therefore I've ignored it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, that's, it's good to know. That's good to know that that is my my issue. It's not, it's not an issue of the system of itself. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest hurdle is that yeah, no one wants, like, why buy it when I can play what I'm already playing now? The, and like, the, as of yet, there is nothing to incentivize you to want to go and grab an xbox because the idea would be you know the ps5 you want to buy the ps5 for a bunch of cool games that are coming or to have it better enhance the games that you have and right Mm. now you look at the xbox you're like well it will enhance the games i have so that's the same thing as the ps5 that's a thumbs up but what do i have to look forward to the idea is that you know the, the one of the rumor mill was that the halo may not even come out this year and that was meant to be a launch title. Now, obviously, that's unsubstantiated, of course. But if I wanted an Xbox, I certainly wouldn't. I would be waiting because if I want it for Halo, I'm going to wait till <laughs> Halo comes out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's good and bad. It's expected. Um, but yeah, all can all... All manufacturers are having issues right now, just simply meeting demand. Like if any do, if any do come in, I guarantee they're moving to people that oh, have yeah. already pre-ordered them. Therefore, yeah, it's very unlikely. Like they can they, people can report about PS5s and Xboxes coming back in stock anywhere, but you're not getting them. Pre-orders are getting them, so it's, it's not it's not even makes sense for them to report that information. 
Yeah, true. Like until they're readily, it, until they're readily it, available it, on shelves. It it depends. Yeah, I guess. Because they have a duty to those who have pre-ordered, but at the same time, they also want stock in the store. Mm. It's weird. Uh, Next up, we have some more sales. Currently, the Big in Japan sale is running with uh, some massive discounts on uh, Eastern-style games. Did you have a a squeeze? Yeah, I almost bought 13 Sentinels. I've heard good Um, things about that one. I've heard really good things about it, but it kind of looks too much for me. I don't know if... not price wise, just the game itself looks a bit looks a bit too much. Is it too, and a lot is of the, it too weeby for you? Is what you're getting? Well, at? I almost I'm I almost bought the Naruto game collection because it's like thirteen dollars down from a hundred. <laughs> like I really like those games. Um, I had a look in there before, and there was were some like the couple of Harvest Moon games are in there, but I have them. Um, there was the story, the Doramon story of seasons. Mm. Uh, there was Fire Pro Wrestling's on there for cheap as well. Um, I saw that. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. Like, it's because not a lot of those games jump out at me. But yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of Capcom games in there. You know, Konami, all, the, all those sort of bigish games. If you want, say, I think Resident Evil is probably in there. I think I think Devil May Cry. Yeah, Force Monster Hunter is in there as like well. ridiculously cheap at the moment on there. Yeah. Uh, so if, uh, if you're into those games, give it a go. Now, next up, we have some DualSense Drift because <laughs> you know you can't have new controllers without them drifting. Uh, as found by Kotaku, users have been calling out DualSense Drift as early as 10 days following the launch of the PlayStation 5. Apparently, this is a fault that's covered by the controller's warranty, meaning Sony will repla- repair or replace your dodgy pad. However, depending on where you live, you may have to pay postage to send your DualSense back to the company. Okay, therefore, this is a non-issue. Yep, I haven't had any issues with Drift. No, I, like- I didn't even have any issues with Joy-Con Drift. Uh, I think, so I think, either I, yeah. either I'm super lucky, or I think we're super lucky because I've not had any issues either apart from my PS5 fucking dying. Um, but friend of the show, Cass, he's uh, the motor in his right adaptive trigger broke, and he just took it back into the retailer, and the retailer's like, "Yep, there's your new one. We'll send this off, and we'll get a new one." Yeah, and I imagine, like, see the the issue or this this would I would only deem this a story if PlayStation was saying no, because. <laughs> Hi, here's a report. Are they are they meeting their warranty? Yes. Then it's not a problem. That's just business. So, like, to me, this would read as someone being like, do you know the Juleson says drift? Like, okay, mm. can I get it replaced? Yes. Then it's not a fucking problem. And if you pay postage, oh, no. <laughs> uh, next up, we uh, could the DualSense be getting a back button attachment? A patent filed last summer by Sony Interactive Entertainment and publicly published this week has fans thinking a similar peripheral could be in the pipeline for the DualSense controller. Uh, judging by the diagrams and the abstract, the documentation describes a product identical to that of the DualShock 4's back button attachment. Is this something you would want? Because it's something I would want. I have I have the one for PS4 and I used it like a handful of times and then I was like, oh yeah. But I know that Every- you are damp for this. Every time I play COD, I, I instinctively touch the back left of my controller and nothing happens. I'm like, oh, I really wish I had buttons there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, for me, not at, not at all. Once not you get all. used to it, you do kind of miss it. Yeah, because I know that you like, because you even, even though I, when I, I have used like my Thrustmaster control, on the Thrustmaster, yeah. the uh, Razor Raiju, oh, I think Thrustmaster have too, like the, with the controls of the back buttons, I tend to... Like I, there were times where I was using them to, you know, depending on the game that I was playing. But 
recently, like, there's no game that I felt super necessary. Like, if you are an avid uh, uh, first-person shooter player, uh, then, yeah, you, these, these are probably uh, advantageous for you, right? So you can keep your two sticks, thumbs on your sticks while mm. you shoot and reload and jump and whatever. But for me, I don't play that them that often or competitively, so I'm not really in that need. I'm I'm a fan forum for the back paddles for all games except for Rocket League. I tend to find that having back paddles screws me up because when I get frustrated at teammates, I grip my controller really hard and then I just jump awkwardly. But Makes for sense. any other game, I, I love them. Makes sense. Uh, and lastly, we have some Sony on HBO news. So the casting for Joel and Ellie for the upcoming Last of Us HBO series has been announced with Pedro Pascal playing Joel and the role of Ellie being played by Bella Ramsey, both Ex- Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. So we got uh, yeah. Lady Mormont uh, there. So mm-hmm. that's that, that little, you know, that uh, uh, the aggressive little, little girl. Uh, from the north? At Stark. From the, I think she was, she was involved with the Starks quite heavily. Uh, yeah. Mad. She has the right level of attitude is what I'm saying. Like, if you want to nail that alley-tude, I think she's got it. And everyone is fucking hard for Pedro right now, man. Well, it's it's funny. So you look online and everyone's like, oh, we don't think Bella's a good choice. She looks nothing like Ali. And then you pull up Pedro Pascal, who looks nothing like Joel. And they're all like, we love this casting choice. This is brilliant. Yeah. I was like, all right, guys, calm down. I'm sure they're both going to do their jobs very well. Yeah. For me, it was, I just want to see people that can do that can act well. And Pedro has demonstrated that he can act incredibly well. And then you've mm. got, you know, uh, Bella Ramsey. Like, she was great in, in, uh, in uh, what, what do they call it? Fucking Game of Thrones. And like, mm. so what was Pedro's, Pedro's character in, in Game of Thrones? Was the, the, he was the guy Viper. who got crushed by the, the mountain. Vi- oh, yeah, I remember him called the Viper or something. Yeah, he was the, he was the Viper of Dawn, and he got his head yeah. crushed by by the um by the mountain by the big dude. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's cool, and obviously everyone's real hard on him for like Mando. Oh yeah, so, all that acting in a helmet. Yeah, and like if you <laughs> if you can get that level of acting and just wearing a helmet, like you, this guy's got some chops. Um, so I'm super. That, for me, that's 100 percent good news. I love it. I was kind of, my initial thought was I was kind of bummed because I was hoping they were going to tell a different story in that world. And now that they've cast Joel and Allie, I hope it's not just going to be another Joel and Allie fest. Yeah. Well, I think it might be. I don't, I, it's probably going to be that, but like, like I don't, I don't want them to just recreate the first game in TV format. Yeah. Like I, I've seen that story. I don't want to see it again. What I co- think how I experienced it as an interactive medium is going to be better than just sitting there watching it. True, but I think I think the story is good enough to be represented in a different medium, to th- therefore allowing it to be shared with more people. Mm. I think that's why. So the idea of them telling a different story, A, is good for us, the gamers, but it's, it, transitioning it to TV is not for us. That's true. Because if they're like, it's not like the game, then play the fucking game. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not for us. I mean, you look, you look back at the success of the Witcher show and I guess that there is a market there for people who will watch IPs from games that don't play games. Or the other way, they were like, I don't know, that sounds pretty cool. It was in a video game. Mm. All right, I'll check it out. And they go, oh, I want to buy the game now. And that could be the same thing here. Like, yeah, we're going to, they have the potential to hit people that aren't, right? That aren't yeah. game players. Um, the one thing that did catch me off guard, though, I remember before the announcement of uh, Bala and uh, Pedro, uh, Mashra Ali from like Moonlight. I, mean, I heard there was like, rustings that he was going to be Joel, and I was like, mm. "That's an interesting choice. I'm down. Fuck it. Why not?" 
you know, with him being a um, you know, a a a, a black gentleman, it was like. That is an interesting take on Joel. Fuck yeah, why not? Because like where like apart from the character being seen looking like Joel and looking like Ellie, it doesn't mention anywhere that he's a white dude. Like why not? Right? Why not? Next. This is all you. This is this all is me. All this is all me. So as the clickbaity name of this episode suggests, a massive to me exclusive is making its way across to xbox so sony has given us our first glimpse of mlb the show 21 uh, gameplay through uh curiously it's focusing on the ps4 version which makes sense but also running on a ps5 naturally uh for the time being on the PlayStation blog, the brand strategist, strategist, there we go, Ramon Russell teased some of the uh, other gameplay improvements you can expect. Quote, the team has invested significant development at time working on other areas of gameplay. Our biggest focus being fly ball catches, bing, at the wall catches, dang, and catches that come off the x-axis, end quote. There's also a new pitching mechanic teased in the trailer. Uh, one of the new features is a builder park to create your own stadium. Dope. Uh, you'll be able to test all of this as part of a closed technical test with signups now live. Uh, the, ch- the test is due to tee off on the 23rd of Feb. So they did announce this game is also coming out uh, in the back end of April. So a little bit l- later in the year than usual. Uh, normally it comes out about March-ish. Uh, so I am a big Big baseball fan. I love the MLB The Show series. Huge. Massive. Love it. This year, the big thing that's interesting about this is it's going to Xbox. We heard last year that the uh, the, the MLB essentially went to San Diego and were like, look, if you want to retain the license, you need to put on other platforms. And at the time, there was no official statement or anything. It was just kind of, that's what we heard. And there was a statement that the MLB had made that call. And then sure enough, MLB on the Xbox. So this will be the first time that we'll see the PlayStation Studios logo boot up in front of a Xbox game, which is crazy and cool. But saying that we've also seen the Xbox logo on the PS on the PlayStation with the likes of Minecraft. So it's really kind of not as amazing as it could be, but it is interesting enough. Do you have anything to say? No, I, I literally I played this game once for like five minutes. It's it's what an annual release title. Yeah, it's nice that they're making all the improvements that they make. Um, I what well, I don't get the builder park. I get the builder the, the you build your own character. Cool, but do you really need to build your own stadium? Like what what addition will that that add? I don't. To me, as a non baseball guy, as a non sports guy, as a non this game guy, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, for me, but I like I am so I look keen. Forward, I look forward to you know seeing the Pop C Stadium when you when you build it because that's what will happen. I will make a Pop C <laughs> for the Players Stadium, lots of purple, and because I one thing that I I pride myself on, I make myself the most realistic that I can using MLB the Show. Like I've done it the last like fucking five years at this point, and I'm very very happy with it. However. 
Now that I'm thinner, I get to make myself all over again. And hopefully just, it can he be just better. Slides, he just slides down that bar of the, the body tie. And just, just like, like <laughs> bring the face in and I can't wait. Like there's a good side by shot comparison that I did uh, for last year's MLB. Um, yeah, where I made myself and, and I stood next to my TV and it was pretty, I was pretty impressed with it because the game is fantastic. It plays fantastic because they had that situation and because they were making it for one console and it was annualized, but it was, you know, a pretty good turnaround time that this game looks and plays spectacular. And I cannot wait to see what they do when they bring it to the now current gen with the PS5. I think it's going to look so good. It's going to be brilliant. And I want to play it so so bad. The only concern is it's coming out very close to Returnal. So there's like two exclusives in the same window. That's going to be fun. But at least, so MLB, I end up just playing throughout it, it, the year. I was going to say, it's okay. You can play MLB and I'll play Returnal. I'll take that one for the team. Oh, what a, what a shame. <laughs> what an absolute shame. But yeah, no, I'm super excited. And the other, something that I just considered in as well, right? So with this coming to Xbox, that means that at some point during the development of this game, in the same building, they had pre-release versions of the Xbox and the PS5. Just So I, I'm just curious on the level of restriction and fucking lockdown that they had to have to be like, hey, we're developing the PS5, but you, they've got the Xbox over there. Can we go look at it? Like, no. Like, what stops them from going in there and having a look, right? It's just, so, it's just a fucking crazy concept, right? I uh, know it's just it's so bizarre. I'm glad you're happy and excited for this game. I am like I like, I don't get I I get excited these days, but not as much as I should. And I don't know why. I guess it's this because it's new consoles and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, give me the baseballs. Let me see what it is. I want to get I want to get it all like all up a handsy on it. All right, let's talk some game updates that happened this week. Uh, Destruction All-Stars patch 1.2.3 went live earlier this week, making some improvements to matchmaking and fixing a few crashes the game was experiencing, and the game is also running at double XP this weekend. Uh, I don't think they've fixed the open mic sitch yet. Uh, I thought they I had. Know, I, know, I know there were reports on it. I'm unsure if this patch was the one that fixed it or if it was an upcoming patch. They yeah. might have it might have been done by now. I thought there was a patch that had fixed it, mm. but I may be wrong. I uninstalled it, so I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't played it again, so I have no idea. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The PlayStation Game Size Twitter account keeps note of both products and patches that are added to PlayStation's database, and a beefy-looking update for Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been tagged on the 10th of February. So I believe one of their new gameplay modes is coming out very soon, according to this. Uh, so, Buddy Watson in the chat, a player of the, the Destruction All-Stars, does confirm that it was ah. the latest patch that has corrected that open mic issue. Good. I'm glad. Because <laughs> um, that open mic was horrible. Uh, and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War has started teasing for the new season. Uh, they've kicked off in-game with visual HUD glitches and finding new machines in the Warzone map. They do some crazy stuff, but yeah. good for them. Have you gone back to called? Have you gone back to the Zambies? Yeah, we played. Uh, so we've done the new map a couple of times now. We keep trying now that the Easter eggs live. We've been trying to do that. However, um, we keep getting stuck at a certain point. You essentially have to Ghostbusters trap specific new elite enemy types and if you get the wrong one it's just like oh sorry man you got the wrong one and you got to find three of them 
We keep finding two and can never get the last one. Someone always crashes or something goes wrong. Or we run out of time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 let me just sample my words. So you play Zambies, but do you play Warzone as well or just no, Zambies? No, I, I only have Zombies installed. I don't have multiplayer installed and I do not have the story. In, I still haven't played the campaign. Oh, the campaign's fine. All right, so it looks like you've given me the two stories about the fucking exclusives this week, which is mad. Thank you so much, Max. You're Next welcome. up, a not a not so launch window release for, the, for Ratchet and Clank. It is now official. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart will launch exclusively on the PS5 on June eleventh, twenty twenty one. Confirmed in the pre-order trailer, the second PS5 from Insomnia Games will arrive halfway through uh, 2021 instead of the previously stated launch window. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a brand new full-length adventure uh, when the evil Dr. Nefarious uses a device that can access alternate dimensions to find a galaxy where he always wins. Ratchet and Clank are separated. Excuse me. As they try to reunite, they will meet a new Lombax resistance fighter, explore new and familiar locales, but with new dimensional twists, uh, and wield a whole new arsenal of out-of-this-world weapons. This is mad. I'm very excited for this. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot there I'm, I'm super keen. Super keen about. Sorry about that. My kid's now walking, and she's just standing at the door, ramming her train into the door over and over again. So yeah, thankfully my my son's learned now. He, he's 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 gone past that. I'm gonna break in. He's like, oh, dad's in there. That's fine. So thank. But you now you're gonna have the kid. Oh yeah, she's she's literally just ramming the door. Yeah. Um, uh, that super, super keen. So for this, obviously the game itself is fantastic. I'm wait. I'm just waiting for more information to get in there. Uh, but for me, this kind of makes me happy because. It kind of lays out what what the rest of the year is going to look like. So originally, like we predicted that Ratchet and Clank was probably like if it didn't come in March, it's probably going to come in June, and then we're likely to have Horizon in October or November, and then God of War is being pushed to twenty twenty two, and it's looking to land exactly like that. It's almost like everything has been shifted back by about three months, um, which is. Makes sense. It's I'm fine with, man, because I said it allows me to look ahead and know when big things are hitting, and I'm super happy for that. Hundred percent day one. Hundred percent day one. Of well, course, we'll do our very best. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got some Ubi Wars news. Uh, so Ubisoft Mass's forthcoming open world Star Wars game, which is in quote early stage of production, according to publisher boss Is Gilmont. He confirmed that tidbit during the earnings call, adding that, quote, we see lots of people wanting to participate in this adventure, and it's real, and it's really a very good thing, uh, end quote. In other words, recruitment for the game is going well, but it's going to be a long time before we actually see any progress on this game. So while Ubisoft will likely have a rough idea of when it expects to ship this project internally, uh, Gilmont would not comment on any potential release windows. Quote, we are very proud of this collaboration, which is a testament to Ubisoft leadership and expertise, notably in creating amazing works. It is another demonstration of our capacity to build partnerships with the biggest names in the entertainment and technology space, end quote. 
Uh, but unless contracts have changed behind the scenes, it's widely understood that EA has exclusive rights to the Star Wars franchise until 2023, meaning that Ubisoft's game will not release until then at the earliest. Now she's yelling at you as well. Oh, yeah, she's standing right at the door. She's very upset that she can't come in. <laughs> this is cool. I, I like the people. Who, I think people are interested in, 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 in joining the production because A, it's Star Wars. He doesn't want to walk in a Star Wars game. And the potential for it is pretty high, I think, for what it could become. Uh, but it is, it's one of those things where it is so far away that we're just going to have to wait because as the, as you said, Max, it's when nothing happening until 2023, there's going to be a, a long time before we really yeah. get to go hands on with this, uh, post launch, post launch support. These the couple of games here that are getting a little bit of love post release. Uh, first up is dying light, not dying light two. Um, cause you know, that game's never fucking coming apparently. Uh, Techland really just don't want to stop supporting the PS4 game uh, version of Dying... Sorry, the PS4 version of Dying Light. Starting today, those still playing will be able to take part in a new in-game event themed around the Chinese New Year and purchase another weapon, weapon bundle based on the Viking era. This all arrives more than six years after Dying Light released. Stop making shit for this game and make the other one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah. Uh, additionally, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, during its most recent earnings call, the company reiterated that post-launch support for the game is a priority, stating that Valhalla will, quote, benefit from a stronger and longer post-launch program, end quote, than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They said February should be a big month for Valhalla. The game's River Raid update is due out this month, bringing a whole new activity to the foggy shores of medieval England. A laundry list of bug fixes are also in the works, and at this and at this point, we're part uh, we're partly expecting something to drop at anything everything to drop at once. Sorry. Beyond that, the title's first expansion, Wrath of the Druids, is still on course to release uh, this win uh, this autumn, so this fall for this us. Fast, yeah. uh, with and we should be hearing more about that soon. Now, are you obviously a Mad Dying Light fan. Are you going to jump back in for some random DLC? No. No. no, and Val no, not for not for just a weapons pack. I like. I don't really know what this Chinese New Year event is, but I can't imagine that it'll be more than a it's couple. Pretty self-explanatory, Max. It's, it's an it's, event it's, for the Chinese. New Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I, I no, it's not. It's not for me personally. Not worth it. As much as I love Dying Light, I think I've played that game about five, six times to completion with different groups. Mm. I just want them to f work on the next one. Like, yeah. stop taking people off Dying Light 2 to make some Viking axes to put in your game. I imagine if like they're just making, you know, weapons that's not real. I, I know I'm, I'm being a bit facetious with, like, those comments, but it's really not much work. <laughs> comparatively. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, comparatively. Um, uh, and Valhalla, and I haven't got back. Valhalla's, like, one of Ubisoft's big... Assassin's Creed's, like, Ubisoft's one of one of their biggest earners, it makes sense for them to support it for as long as they possibly can, especially if they're going back to having them as a two-year cycle as opposed to annually. Of course, if it's that two years, you want to get them running into that next year as well so they can at least have some sort of complete edition, probably the safest bet. Yep. Now, yourself, have you gone back since you put money into it? To Yes. Yep, I went and got some of the, some of the super weapons. I've been clearing out 
uh, slowly clearing my way through the northern part of England. Um, the game's awesome. I just I haven't had the time to 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 dive back into it deeply as deeply as I want to. Yeah, to give it all the love it deserves. Yeah, I like the way you left this for me because I just posted a bunch of links in there. No, I'm not going to click links. Ah, <laughs> uh, so earlier this week, Cyberpunk got cyberpunked. So they took to Twitter and uh, with a statement yesterday, we discovered that we have become a victim of a targeted cyber attack due to which some of our internal systems have been compromised. An unidentified actor has gained unauthorized access to our internal network, collected certain data belonging to CD Projekt Red Capital Group, and left a ransom note the content of which we released to the public. Although some devices in our network have been encrypted, our backups remain intact. We have already secured our IT infrastructure and have begun restoring the data. We will not give in to the demands nor negotiate with the actor being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of the compromised data. We are taking necessary steps to mitigate the correspondences of such a release, in particular by approaching any parties that may be affected due to the breach. We are still investigating the incident, however, at this time we can confirm that, to our best knowledge, the compromised systems do not contain any personal data of our players or users of any of our services. We have already approached the relevant authorities, including law enforcement and the president of the Personal Data Protection Office, as well as IT forensic specialists, and we will closely cooperate with them in order to fully investigate this incident. Uh, they also posted the demands of the ransom, uh, which is literally in a notepad <laughs> document uh, saying, Hello, CD Project Red. Your have been epically owned. We have dumped full copies of source codes for your uh, performance server for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3. We have also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, admin, legal, HR, and investor relations, and more. We have also encrypted all of your servers, and we understand that you can most likely recover from the backups. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in the gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how shitty your company functions. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. Uh, since that has happened, um, they basically went, we will not negotiate with terrorists route and they, they didn't want to play ball. Uh, so an auction was set up on the dark web, which has now ended with a buy-in price to take part in the auction of a minimum $1 million. The buy-it-now price was set to $7 million. I believe the auction has ended at around the 8 point something million dollar mark. Damn. So someone has the red engine source code and the source code for three of their major titles. Wow. Okay. couple of things yeah. here. First... Uh, so I, I still apparently they were hacked. Apparently they were hacked by a bunch of ten-year-olds. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, they literally write like kids that you know guess their parents' password and like go on Twitter and like fuck with their mum's Facebook. Like, a who the hell says owned anymore? That couldn't be anymore. Two thousand three. Um, and on top of that, like I, I should I should preface it was like PW. Yes, I'm saying it's like yeah, I wish it's it's so embarrassing. Like, granted, they've got skills to get in there and do whatever they wanted to do, and good on them, I guess. But like, they couldn't have made it any more shit. 
Like, yeah, it, it, to me, it just reads, yeah, it, it reads like a bunch of teenagers with it, with the V for Vendetta mask, the anonymous mask on their Twitter account, claiming that they're top shit. Now, granted, if by the looks of it, they did get in and get it, got everything, and they now have since resold it, which is interesting. And of course, by being at a dark web sale, uh, you know, that's, it's going to be relatively untraceable. Um, so that's that's something. But like the, the, the statement, the, the second the statement turned shit was obviously when it mentioned the owned, and they they the, a lot of the middle stuff was worded quite nicely and like like a good statement. And then it was like your shit, your mum shit, your company shit, your face is shit. I'm like, well, apparently one of the uh, one of the um, the one of the terms of sale for for the the leaked content was it cannot be redistributed or resold once purchased. Okay. Like, that was part of the agreement of sale. So what are they going to do with it? I don't know. Maybe CDPR are now $8 million poorer and they've just bought their stuff back. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those things. Like, they, how much money did they make from uh, from uh, from Cyberpunk? Well, they, they sold 13 million copies of Cyberpunk. So yeah, even they- at... They got at, at like at sixty nine dollars a copy. They've got they've got they got enough they got enough money to go buy it all back. I guess. Um, because like yeah, I heard spe- like I heard speculation. This isn't real. Like no, this is a big legal claim. If they if they claim this and it's incorrect, then it's way more disastrous. So like at the end of the day, what happened. is it, what is anyone actually going to do with that? Can they can they realistically make something out of the red engine? Because CDPR is going to know what their engine's capable and be like. Well, that was made on this, and this was acquired illegally. Yeah, you're you're like, just yeah you're distributing what, like, stolen goods. Act- so if anyone tries actually, to make something and sell it, then what, they're fucked. What would you actually do with the source code for these games? It's also a good point, though. They're like you know, terms of the service are that you aren't to re- uh, you aren't to redistribute this. I'm just gonna put it out there. Terms of the law is don't steal shit, and they really pay attention to those terms of service. So now they're going to follow this additional terms of service. What the fuck's wrong with them? Like, who the hell? Are you really going to think that they're going to like not redistribute the stolen goods because you know thieves' honor? I guess. Yeah. Morons, absolute morons. Um, but yeah, no, it's a little bit shit. Like, like, even though I'm very uh, uh, anti CD Projekt Red. In terms of the the uh, the the dick jacking that they were been getting prior to Cyberpunk, still a bit shit. Yeah, it's always sucky when people's work gets taken like that. Yeah. And finally, the quick biddies off of the off of the back. Of, wait, hand side again. Off the back of a number of trademark listings from Square Enix uh, that went public last month regarding to Final Fantasy VII remake, the quote "ever crisis" term has now been expanded to also cover the U.S. Additionally, uh, there is a concert taking place this weekend in Japan uh, where they're playing a bunch of Final Fantasy VII remake remake tunes, and something's being announced about the remake. I presume a port. Yeah, they'll announce something. Probably the PC version or... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what we got? Apparently but, Dash is hard for me. Oh. Oh, come, oh, Final Fantasy coming to PC. I can understand why that's enticing. Uh, but don't, don't negotiate with terrorists. Michael Sarah in Superbad. Yeah. <laughs> He's playing the getaway in that in that scene. Uh over the over on PSN profiles, the trophy list for the PS5 version of the Avengers has emerged ahead of the live stream set for February 16, 
which leads us to believe that uh, the Avengers PS5 version is right around the corner. Yeah, maybe they'll announce it like at the end of this live stream. Bam, it's there. There you go. Go and upgrade. Yeah. Cool. Um, that'd be that'd be a good mic drop moment for them. I think that's it's something that they need after yeah. the delays that they've had to put on all their post game content. Uh, I think cu- them coming out on live stream and saying it's done, it's ready, there you go. Hopefully that'll bring now we can focus back. on content. You know, yeah. Hopefully that'll bring some people back into the game. I I, I will admit I will check it out once I get the next gen version. I will give it a go. I'd be keen to try it again. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the top 10 best-selling PS4 games for the week ending the 7th of February, 2021, and they are in reverse order. Number 10, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number 9, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 8, Rainbow Six Siege. Number 7, Madden 21. Number 6, Tomb Raider uh, Definitive Edition, Remastered Edition. That's the... Uh, there's like three bucks on the store this week. Number yeah. 5, Ghost of Tsushima. Number 4, UFC 4. Number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And number one is EA Sports FIFA 21. Uh, Upcoming releases, uh, and I say upcoming even though the only game I listed came out two days ago, and that is Little Nightmares 2. There is nothing coming this week. Are you sure? you do. According to VG, according to the list I looked at, there was nothing coming. I got got to have a squeeze. Let me have a squeeze. But- Persona four, Persona Five Strikers is coming out in just over a week. Yeah, there you go. Let's see. So, what's today? So this this will come out on the fifteenth. So fifteenth to the twenty second. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can can confirm that is very very correct. Don't don't doubt me. No, not, not doubting you. Just I I I refuse to believe that nothing's coming out. That seems how, like so how good is it when you have a week of nothing coming out and you can just catch up on that backlog that you still haven't played from two years ago. Yeah, hopefully I can finish Resident Evil Four this week. That's that'd be my plan. Mm. <sighs> well, I think thank you everyone for joining us once again for this episode of For the Players, the Popsy PlayStation Podcast. Hope you all had a wonderful time. Thank you, Max, for joining me as usual. Yeah, it's. Pretty easy phoning in, I must admit. That's true. Yeah, the the lockdown edition of the show does make life a little bit easier because we don't have to go anywhere. You know, actually, I, I do have pants on today, though, so that's true. I'm also glad I put pants on, considering I got up halfway through the stream. <laughs> to, to, yeah, talk to your child. Um, but yeah, send it on home, Max. Well, everyone, this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, please check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter. All of our links can be found in the description below. That includes our Twitter handles. Our Twitter handles right under our face. Come chat to us on Twitter. If uh, if you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you're on the podcast service, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, or leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support the show financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopcultures uh, or our merchandise thepopcultures.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players.